It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We welcome you to Crossover Thursday right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. Coming up, we will go inside the Los Angeles Rams. Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell, Joe Barry, Wes Phillips, Aubrey Pleasant, all former Washington football assistants coming back home, if you will, uh, to an empty FedEx Field. We'll do that with Sosa, who covers the Locked on a Rams podcast. But, guys, this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. That's right. These passionate fans, you are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. No, 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 no. It's made for you, those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Hey, go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, let's get you a quick injury report from a Wednesday, and then we'll uh, leave enough time for Sosa and I to chat about both of these teams for Washington, the injury is obviously starting to pile up, and so is the Wednesday did-not-participate list. Now, that's not always indicative of whether guys are going to play. Wednesdays are often a day where you get veterans a day off or guys healing a day off. So we'll wait for the Thursday and Friday injury reports. But here's uh, the list. Marcus Baugh did not practice, non-injury related. Dontrell Inman, Terry McLaren, and Steven Sims, arguably their three top wide receivers, all did not practice. Now, of course, Sims missed last week. Inman and McLaurin played, so you take that as it will. Wes Schweitzer, starting right guard. Uh, this is the final game that Brandon Sheriff has to miss. Um, he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, he's dealing with an elbow injury. He looked like he was moving fine, obviously, uh, so he should probably play. Greg Stroman, remember, he got hurt early Sunday in the loss to the Ravens. Foot did not practice. Chase Young, I saw him doing some agility drills, some high hurdle type drills. Uh, Ron Rivera said, Ultimately, later on on Sirius XM radio uh, that he did a lot more and that they'll see how he recovers. So maybe Chase Young will be limited on Thursday, but he officially did not practice. Jonathan Allen was limited. Cole Holcomb was full, so that's good. 
uh, for the Washington football team. As far as the Los Angeles Rams, Aaron Donald, non-injury related, did not practice. Obviously, he'll be an absolute beast to deal with. Bobby Evans, an offensive lineman, did not practice. Micah Kaiser, linebacker, their inside linebacker, did not practice. That is an area of concern. Uh, as Sosa and I will discuss, groin. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, their starting left tackle, non-injury related, did not practice. Kenny Young, another one of their inside linebackers, knee did not practice. Cam Akers, their young running back, ribs limited. And Jordan Fuller, safety, was full go. All right, so we're going to leave it right there. We'll turn it over to Sosa coming up uh, next. He covers the and hosts the Locked on Los Angeles Rams podcast. We will do a little crossover Thursday right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast good to have you with us folks are you having any car troubles do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car just won't start well you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs rock auto is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years there isn't a better time to support a family-owned business than right now with the strange covid related times that we're living in if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and are looking for reliably low prices you absolutely need to check out Rock Auto. Go to their website and check out all of their available parts. It's truly a never-ending list, and if your car needs it, they've probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they are your corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Welcome to our Thursday edition of the crossover episode of both the Locked On Rams and the Locked On Washington football team podcasts. I'm your host, Sosa Kermenges of the Locked On Rams podcast, and I'm joined by Chris Russell of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Man, that's a whole lot of words there. Uh, But we're going to begin with my questions, obviously, in this segment. Uh, And, you know, we're doing this for you the listeners to kind of get to know your week five opponent a little bit better. So uh, before we get, begin here, Chris, first off, how are you? So, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Thanks for doing this and uh, uh, good to be on with you. It's been a long uh, week. We, we're taping this uh, in full disclosure on late Wednesday evening. It's been a long, long season already. It was a long summer and Wednesday was a long, long uh, day when you wake up and, and within the first half an hour, 45 minutes, you know, you're finding out about a team making a very controversial quarterback switch not one that was universally wanted. And then on top of that, uh, the number one moving to number three. And you can imagine the ramifications of that and all of the fallout and all of the quotes and all of the on- uh, controversy. Uh, it's It's been a day. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I could only imagine that it's been uh, quite a packed day for you. But that's the perfect transition for me because my first question is obviously going to be around that quarterback change. So Uh, Head coach Ron Rivera, he made the call, like you said, to yank former starter Dwayne Haskins in favor of Kyle Allen. So 
what do you think of this move and kind of what do you make of the timing? Because it is very interesting how quickly they pull the plug on a guy like Haskins. It, it is um, it, it is quick in terms of the game count, Sosa, but what I would remind everyone, um, and, and Ron did not say this, but I would remind everyone, I've just been around this league uh, and this organization too long, and, and, and many coaches that I've gotten to know and talk to and pick their brains when they're being honest, um, you know, it is so much more about what these quarterbacks do in the film room, what they do in the building, what they do in each and every practice that we're not privy to uh, because reporters – you know, for most NFL teams, when teams go into regular season mode, which this year was like late August, very early September, can only see the first 15, 20 minutes of practice. So we don't get to see what everyone gets to see on game day and, ga- and on, on Sundays. So, you know, there's so much more to that evaluation. So I'll start there. Um, that being said, four games with no offseason, with no preseason is a quick, quick strike. Now, Juan Rivera's argument was, I needed to see progress. He wasn't seeing progress. He wanted to be two and two after four games. He's one and three. And his also argument is, hey, all of a sudden I've got a winnable division and I've got this conference game against the LA Rams coming up this Sunday and then the Giants on the road after that and then the Cowboys and, you know, all these winnable or really, really important in-conference or in-division games, and I've got to go with the guy that knows the system better, that's a little bit more ahead, that's a little bit more comfortable, that's a little bit more advanced, that can do more of what we need him to do, and that was Kyle Allen, and I get that. Kyle Allen has plenty of experience in this system, not plenty of experience in the NFL, so, so, but you know, he started a whole bunch of games last year and he played really well at the first, you know, four games. Uh, they were four and oh, uh, seven, I think it was seven touchdowns to no interceptions. And he wasn't very good after that. Uh, pretty much reverse and opposite. They lost a lot of games as their team really struggled to, um, you know, protect him and, and all the things that you're going to have to do in this league. So, I think this is short-term Ron saying, look, I need a jolt for the veterans, for the other guys, for the Terry McLaurins, for the Antonio Gibsons. I need a little bit of competency, a little bit of an advanced jolt. I don't know if it's going to work long-term, but I'm hoping it works short-term at least like it did for me last year in Carolina. Yeah, I think you make a great point there. Uh, We're going to transition to the opposite side of the ball now. Uh, From when I watch the Washington football team, I see a defense that's incredibly talented on all three levels and has played pretty damn well from my estimation. And so uh, what are some things to look out for on that side of the ball? And are there any players in particular that you'd like to highlight kind of heading into this week five matchup that Rams fans should look out for? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't know if Chase Young is going to play. I would say it's very iffy at this point. Uh, He did not practice on Wednesday. He's missed the last game and a half. And, you know, you got to be careful with these things. So, again, don't know if he's going to play, but obviously if he's out there, watch out for number 99. Outside of him, you know, Montez Sweat, right defensive end primarily, uh, especially when Young is not in the lineup, is a guy that it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup with Andrew Whitworth, uh, the Rams' left tackle. Um, I would say the the other – you know, like Deron Payne is a guy that can cause a lot of hell. Uh, he can collapse the interior pocket and get to Jared Goff, I think, pretty quickly. Um, 
he doesn't do it all game long. He's a little hot and cold is what I would say. But when he's hot, he's a bear to deal with. Um, from a linebacker level, they've got a lot of speed. Kevin Pierre Lewis is a guy they signed from Chicago. He's not great in coverage, but he's really fast. And when he can see something and go downhill and diagnose it, watch out. Uh, John Bostic has been really good running this defense, good in short underneath coverages. Um, again, not a guy you want running deep down the seam, uh, you know, with a tight end like Tyler Higby or, you know, whoever they might unleash, but it's a guy that underneath will tackle and see everything. The secondary, I would say, is the weak spot of this Washington defense, and it has played very poorly, in my opinion. Uh, You know, um, Ronald Darby has gotten beat for a long pass in three out of the four games. Um, Troy Apke is a young free safety with speed, but has not done a great job tackling, has not done a good job diagnosing. Landon Collins has missed a ton of tackles and has never been good in coverage, Sosa. And on the other side, you have Kendall Fuller, who did have two interceptions last week. He's been their one shining star, if you will, but he's only played in two of the four games. So I would say if I'm Los Angeles, and I know Sean McVay pretty well from the time we worked together here in Washington, and I just spoke to him on Wednesday. Um, you know, I, I, if I'm Sean McVay, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably going to want to pick on Darby and the free safety uh, more than Kendall Fuller and that side of the formation. So that's kind of a quick snapshot. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And ironically enough, you didn't even get to list everyone across that defensive line. And I think that kind of speaks to the depth that uh, the front office in Washington has built across that defensive line, which might be the best defensive line in football. But um, when you look at kind of the Rams and and the Washington rosters, uh, do you see any advantages and or disadvantages for the Washington team in specific when you kind of look at this matchup coming up here? Well, you know, I mean, I guess if we're assigning where you would give an advantage, um, it's certainly for me, it's obviously not at the quarterback position. You know, I would probably look and say the running back position. You guys have a bunch of young guys. Washington has a couple of young guys, but Antonio Gibson is really coming on strong. Uh, and we haven't even seen the best of, I don't think, um, you know, J.D. McKissick, who Rams fans might be familiar with from his time uh, in Seattle, he can line up inside, outside, out of the backfield. Uh, he had a fumble last week, which really hurt. Uh, but I would say the, the the Washington backfield. And then if you're assigning like, okay, who is the best wide receiver for both teams? I would go with Terry McLaurin. That being said, the depth that you guys have at wide receiver is better than Washington. And right now, McLaurin is banged up. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Steven Sims did not practice on Wednesday, nor did he play last week. Uh, And uh, they have another receiver um, whose name is slipping. Oh, Dontrell Inman, uh, who did not practice as well uh, as we began the practice week. So they're all sorts of banged up. But to me, McLaurin is the best individual player, even though Cooper Cup is really good. And then, you know, that defensive line, I mean, Maybe with Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis, I would say they'd give the Rams a little run for their money. But without those two guys and you guys having Aaron Donald and 
you know, Michael Brockers and, you know, I mean, there's just no chance they can compete. And that's what I think is going to destroy this game. I mean, Aaron Donald should just destroy and eat up the Washington offensive interior because they have not been good in any way, shape or form. Yeah, Aaron Donald's quite a special talent. It's fun to get to watch him every week. But Chris, man, thank you for your incredibly in detailed and in-depth answers. Uh, coming up when we return, Chris and I are going to flip the tables and he's going to ask me his questions pertaining to the Los Angeles Rams. And while we've got you, make sure to check back on Friday for the Locked On Rams' Fan Mail Friday edition of the podcast. All right, guys, we're here for Built Go. That's right. Built Go is a new product that comes to you from our friends at Built Bar. They're easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your golf bag, your backpack, wherever, your briefcase. You take it to work. You have it in your car. You have it for lunch. Whenever you need a little energy boost, instead of taking one of those sugary, carb-laced energy drinks that leave you with that crash feeling, you take a Built Go. It's easy. You suck it right down. Down. It's good for you. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. I had the chocolate mint recently. It was delish. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. That's right. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. B6, B12, it's got it all for you. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get 30% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED. 30% off at BuiltGo.com, and let's go. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is Chris Russell here. We continue along crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast and the Locked On Rams podcast. And once again, we're rejoined uh, by my guy Soso, who covers the Rams each and every day for you. Uh, here on Locked On or on Locked On Rams and with us today. So, so again, thanks uh, for being with us. And let's turn the script a little bit now. Uh, I was mentioning to you that, you know, I covered Sean McVay. I met Sean in 2010 when he was 23 years old as a low-level assistant under Mike Shanahan. And, you know, to watch him get to a Super Bowl and to watch him win a couple of division titles and to know what he's all about, from your perspective, um, has the luster worn off a little bit on the McVeigh, uh, I guess, influence or era because they didn't make it last year? Or does the three and one start this year kind of, you know, and Jared Goff playing well again, kind of rebuoy, I guess, the confidence of yourself and the Rams fan base? I guess it depends on who you ask. But me personally, I think uh, I feel just as great about McVeigh as I did, you know, in week one of 2017. But um, it's funny that you say that because, you know, the Rams didn't have the great 2019 season that really anyone expected that the Rams fans expected and, uh, that I expected. But at the end of the day, I know that this train is going to go as far as Sean McVay allows them. I don't think McVay gets enough credit in terms of what he's been able to build with the Rams over the course of his tenure, really in three years with the Rams, he's 
had arguably the best three-year stretch of any coach in Rams history, or, you know, at least he's up there somewhere. And that's pretty Mm -hmm. crazy to say for a guy who was as young as he was, you know, he was the youngest head coach ever hired. Uh, He was the youngest head coach to ever go to a Super Bowl. And he still has a little bit of extra time to be the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. And I'm hoping he can do that, obviously. But, uh, you know, everything he's built from the coaching staffs, from his coordinators, handpicking these guys. And it's been such an impressive uh, transition from a guy like Jeff Fisher, who I don't want to knock Jeff Fisher too much, but he clearly had some sort of issue when it comes to trusting and delegating. I think that's one of the tasks that a lot of people don't really know about head coaches is that, you know, there's so much stuff on their plate. They need to be able to delegate tasks properly to their coaching staff they're ha- that they're handpicking and that they're, you know, designing by themselves. And so I think McVeigh's done a great job of doing that. Yes, he does call the offensive plays, but you know, he's added a guy in Kevin O'Connell this offseason to be his offensive coordinator, who again comes from Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he added a new defensive coordinator, a first time defensive coordinator in Brandon Staley, who had stints in Chicago and in Denver under Vic Fangio and kind of brought that cover four quarters defense over to LA. Uh, but for me, you know, seeing how good they played again this season, you can see really how quickly he's been able to rebound. I knew over the offseason he was going to be in the lab consistently cooking up whatever he had to do, uh, you know, in lieu and in with these guys by his right-hand side and in, in terms of his new coordinators to help kind of get this team back on track. And I think the early returns as of right now have been incredible. And so for me, I, you know, I look at him the same way I did in 2017 and 2018, even when the Rams went to the Super Bowl. I think as long as he's the man in charge, the Rams always have a shot to win every Sunday. And not only that, but the expectation is incredibly high. And that's very strange to say for a team that was as losing of a franchise as the Rams were from 2006 to 2016. Now, you know, the Rams went nine and seven last season and everyone was acting like the the world was over, which is a good thing because now everyone's expecting the Rams to get 10 or 11, 12 wins, win the NFC West, not just go to the playoffs and, you know, go to the NFC championship game, go to the Super Bowl. So, um, I think the expectations kind of speak for themselves. And I think, you know, whoever may have soured in 2019, I think they're pretty much back on track and back on the train and really bandwagon here, uh, just seeing how good the Rams have been through the first quarter of the 2020 season. So much uh, ex-Washington football team blood on this coaching staff. Uh, we, you mentioned Kevin O'Connell, who, of course, was the Washington offensive coordinator last year, and that was a difficult situation uh, for him. So I'm glad he's with a progressive organization. Also, Wes Phillips was a guy uh, who was the tight ends coach here. I got to know a little bit. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant was here. Joe Barry was the former Washington defensive coordinator. So a lot of familiar faces on the coaching uh, staff of this L.A. Rams crew, as you'd imagine, under former Washington offensive coordinator, uh, Sean McVay. Uh, so, so I wanted to ask you big picture on the offense. What, you know, I mean, obviously Jared Goff is who has to make it all work, but outside of golf, what should Washington fans fear? Yeah, I think the first thing you really have to look at, and you know, it's the old adage when it comes to football is you have to stop the run first. Uh, the Rams are built as a ground game, which is very strange to say in 2020, because most teams are doing the complete opposite. Everyone's pushing towards a pass. Everyone's suggesting that you need to pass to be good in, the, in you know, in 2020. But the Rams have kind of defied that logic and went completely opposite of everyone. While everyone's zigging, they're sort of zagging. And really, everything on this offense is going to begin with the running game. And the ground game allows everything else to go. 
everything is based off that outside zone scheme, which, you know, the Shanahan's kind of had. And then sure. they carried that over, obviously, into Washington with the whole RG3 era and Alfred Morris era. And you guys seen how productive that was. And we've seen it throughout history, just how many running backs they plugged in and how many dominant ground games they've had. And the Rams are essentially continuing that trend. They're allowing their running game to kind of keep them ahead of chains, uh, keep them in manageable third and second down situations and not putting too much on Jared Goff's plate. The Rams are their best when, you know, the ground game is working and they're able to stay ahead of the chains because as soon as things start to get off track and off schedule and the Rams are in, you know, third and seven, third and nine, third and 11, third and 11 or further, Sean McVay is almost essentially packing it in. Oftentimes he's throwing, you know, very safe plays like receiver screens and things where, you know, you can tell he just doesn't want the play to end up being catastrophic really. And mm-hmm. so, um, as long as the ground game is working, you know, the Rams are on schedule. So that's the first thing I would say is just to look out for is the ground game. And stemming from the ground game is the rest of their offense. Essentially, the pass, uh, the play action passing game, that's exactly where the Rams are their most dangerous is when the running game is working and then they're able to mesh their play action concepts off of that run game and make everything really look similar. And I think that's kind of what has screwed with defenders, you know, for the last three years, at least with the Rams is that, you know, they cause hesitation with all the motions. They cause hesitation with all the play action. And Jared Goff is at his best when he's in play action. I think uh, these heavy play action fakes are allowing a not, I don't want to call them subpar, but an offensive line that's maybe not as talented as some other offensive lines in the league to hold up and do a very good job. And uh, that's where the Rams are best is when the running game's working and they can kind of mesh their play action passing off that. And, you know, it's going to be the first things first is, to stop the run for the Washington defense. I think they're going to have to focus on that. Everybody knows about Aaron Donald and how explosive and dominant and destructive he is. Everyone knows, I think, about Jalen Ramsey. And, um, you know, he got into it with Golden Tate the other day, and that was feisty and all that. Uh, And maybe some people thought maybe he'd get suspended. That's not going to probably happen here. Uh, But outside of those two guys, how good is this defense? Is it... Is it those two guys and then everything else is just kind of whatever? Or is there um, pieces that maybe Washington fans don't get to see, NFL fans don't necessarily get to see, that are really good pieces and that can wreck things? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you uh, sort of have a little bit of both in there. Obviously, everything is going to begin with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, like you mentioned. And the Rams have kind of taken a stars and scrubs approach when it comes to how they're allocating their salary cap resources, how they're allocating their draft picks, because, you know, Aaron Donald's the highest paid defense or was the highest paid defensive lineman when he was paid. And Jalen Ramsey is by far the highest paid corner. And that just doesn't leave them a lot of wiggle room for everyone else. But, you know, it really depends on how you look at it. I think they have a lot of good gamers on that side of the ball. Cornerback Darius Williams is having a fantastic season. It's his first season as a starter after being an undrafted free agent and really just bouncing between the Ravens and the Rams and then the practice squad uh, to the 53-man roster. And now he actually is allowing the lowest NFL passer rating in his coverage, which is a 45.9, I believe, right now, out of everyone on the team. So uh, it speaks to just how good he's playing. He's being a fantastic ball hawk. He's been creating a lot of turnovers for the Rams. Uh, you look at their safety position, they got a – a bevy of players at that spot. They got John Johnson, who's been very good. He's really capable of doing everything. Uh, you got second year player in Taylor Rapp, who's kind of struggled to get going in this season, but he's a guy with a lot of potential. Uh, it sounds like Jordan Fuller, the rookie sixth round pick, I believe it was out of Ohio state. Mm-hmm. is going to finally return after missing the last game and a half. 
Uh, he's been a nice surprise for the Rams there. And then you got, you know, veterans up front like Michael Brockers, who uh, are unheralded heroes, really. You know, he's going to get down and dirty in the running game. He's going to chip in a few pressures as a pass rusher here or there. And I think that goes to, uh, you know, the same as edge rusher Leonard Floyd. They, No one league-wide is going to be talking about these guys as superstars, but you know, they make it, they make it all go and they allow other guys like Aaron Donald to focus on certain things like pass rushing, as opposed to trying to stop the run all the time. And so um, the one interesting thing I think we have to look at right now is the inside linebacker position, which was already a big question mark for the Rams when they were healthy. And now obviously starting inside linebackers, both of them, Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young missed practice on Wednesday. We don't know their status yet going into Sunday, but uh, it sounds like one if not both, could potentially miss this game. And if that's the case, obviously that would be a huge issue for the Rams on that second level of the defense. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, you know, they got a lot of gamers on this defense and I think they performed pretty damn well, uh, you know, through the first quarter of this season. Yeah, it sounds like this game on both sides uh, could feature a lot of the tight ends over the middle, you know, on those turnaround little stop routes or hook routes or whatever, uh, because like you said, the Rams are kind of banged up at the inside linebacker spot. Uh, you maybe find a little soft hole in the zone, and Washington can't defend a tight end for their for their lives. I mean, uh, they're just horrible no matter who the defensive coordinator is, no matter who the safeties are, no matter who the linebackers are, and, and the Rams got to know that. If a dummy like me knows that, I guarantee you, Sean McVay and Kevin O'Connell know that. So it should be uh, interesting to watch this play out. Well, Sosa, I I know I've got a million other questions for you, but I know we have to kind of keep this and wrap uh, wrapped up, but I'll ask you on the way out for a quick prediction. Uh, I'll give you mine first to not put you on a spot. I I think the Rams win this game by uh, seven to 10 points. I'm going to say I'll go 20, I'll go 27, 17. I'll say, uh, even though it's at FedEx field, they play well in these one o'clock West coast to East coast, uh, games. I, you know, there's never anything to fear even when fans are here, certainly not this Sunday. Uh, and I I just don't see how they're going to be able meeting Kyle Allen, be able to move the football, uh, against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. So I'll go with a 10 point Rams win. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Rams are going to be able to rebound after a week, week four performance against the NFC Giants, who are also in the NFC East. Uh, or sorry, the New York Giants. Um, I think the Rams are going to win this game 27-13. Okay. Uh, you know, like like you said, I, I don't know what Kyle Allen's going to be able to do in this one. I wouldn't be surprised if he throws a turnover or two. Uh, and I think the, the offense is going to get back on track after a rough week four game. And I expect Sean McVay to finally get that win against his former club. One other thing, watch out for Johnny Hecker. I know he likes to throw fake punts, and Washington gave up a fake punt last week. Now, there'll probably be more on the screws for it, but I wouldn't be surprised if old Sean McVay tries to pull out something there. Uh, There's so many interesting subplots, but that's going to have to do it uh, for us on this crossover Thursday. So I'll have another episode of the Locked on Rams podcast before the weekend is out. He mentioned that earlier. I'll have another episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Stay tuned to Locked on Podcast Network for all of these week five NFL matchups uh, and for our respective podcasts. So, so it's been a blast. Thanks, bud. Thanks for having me. Enjoy Absol- the game, guys. Absolutely. You guys keep tuned to the Locked on Rams and the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.